Welcome to EndTheBible.com, where we tell everyone the truth about God's Word, expose the devil for the lies he tells, and mentor people one-on-one in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for today's special Bible session on EndTheBible.com. Have some special announcements. This month, we have a mother-daughter prayer group on Tuesday, March the 30th from 7 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. at Trinity Worship Center. You enter at the kids' entrance. All moms and daughters in middle or high school are invited to attend together. To register, please email the names and ages of the mother-daughter group to women at trinityworship.net. You can contact the group prayer leader, Miss Debbie. Registration deadlines is Wednesday, March the 24th. Once again, that is Tuesday, March the 30th from 7 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. where the women are praying together. Welcome back, welcome back. We're here to do part two on prayer. And for those who were not with us or have not heard the first session, I do advise you to get it. I will do a brief overview on what we discussed when we talked about prayer. We went over some key areas. One thing that's important for us to realize that God the Father knows what you need before you ask. He knows that. We also discussed how not to pray. We discussed how to pray. We even went over pouring out your heart before God. And we covered praying continually. And we went into detail about praying for others and praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And now we will further discuss in part two some other key areas that can make your prayer life very effective. We will start with Praying in the Holy Spirit, which is very important for us to do because you hear a lot of people say things like, I get easily distracted. I don't know if God hears me. I get tired or I fall asleep. All of those different things happen to all of us at one point or another. It may not be happening right now to you. However, at some point it may have. Now, if we want to look closely into the Bible at how the Holy Spirit helps us, we want to go ahead and go from Romans 8, 26 through 28 in the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, Now in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This particular scripture talks about the Holy Spirit and how God is going to help us. He's going to 
open up our ability to go from the outer court to the inner court to the holies of the holies so that we can pray more effectively to him. Now, when you are praying in the spirit, there are three aspects. One, you need to admit your inability to be able to reach God. That could be the distractions you may have in your life or sin you may have in your life, which is something we talked about when going before God. You need to understand that you need to enjoy the creation of the living communion with God. It shouldn't feel like a chore when you're getting ready to pray with God. It's not a check off your box. And we need to be able to understand pleading the promises of God with boldness and assurance. So we have to know what's in the Bible in order to be able to pray in the spirit effectively. So one, admit your inability and God's going to give you the wisdom and he will help you pray. We need to enjoy everything God has created and we should enjoy our communion that we get to spend with God. When we are praying, we need to be praying the scriptures. Open it up. Start reading. You'll be amazed at how God takes over in prayer. Another key part is the Lord hearing prayers. Like I touched on earlier, a lot of people think God don't hear their prayers. But if we realize that we confess our sins and we are coming with a clean heart, it will tell you in 2 Chronicles 7 and 12, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayers and have chosen this place myself as a house of sacrifice. So God will let you know in prayer that he has heard you. He's heard what you were saying so that you don't feel like God didn't hear you. If we go further into Psalm 66 and 20, it says, Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayers, nor his love and kindness for me. God loves you. God wants you to commune, wants you to talk to him. And we have to not only pray to him, but we got to stop and listen to what God has to say to us. Because that's very, very important. Some of us pray, but we don't listen. We're saying everything we want to say, but we're not stopping and allowing God to talk back to us. In Psalms 86, 6 through 7, it says, Give ear, O Lord, to my prayers and give heed to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you. You will answer me. So we can see that God will hear you. God will listen to your prayers. There are key things that we must make sure our hearts are clear and that we've forgiven others and that we go before God boldly. And if you don't know what to pray, open up the Bible and start praying the scriptures. Because the Bible says, all you need to do is therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. 
The key to that is the effect of prayer of a righteous man, meaning you must be going before God with clean heart, clean hands, clean minds, not having any ill will toward anyone when you are praying because you want God to hear your prayers. You want him to hear what is on your heart. But remember that every prayer is about God's will. That doesn't mean that, okay, we pray and we want something our way. If it's not God's will, meaning if it's not his purpose, this is not the plan at this moment, then it's not probably the best prayer to be praying at the moment. It has to line up with what God has for you in your life. And if you don't know what God has for you in your life, it's all in the Bible. If you read and pray from the Bible, that is what he said. That is what is effective. But not only that, we have to have faith. We have to have faith to believe that when we pray, God hears us. We can't have prayers where we believe for the moment, but then later we take it back. God will restore God will make a difference. But we need to make sure we are praying and believing. God does hear. God does listen. He's not one that does not hear what we have to say. He wants to hear his children. And it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks find, and to him who knocks it will be open. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will be given a snake. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask of him? Okay, let's break it down. Let's break it apart. Here we have in Matthew 7 and 7, 11, in verse 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. First key step is asking. But we know that whatever it is, we have to make sure it lines up with God's word. Seek, and if you go look for it, you're going to find it. That means good and bad. If you knock on the door, that door will be open. He says, everyone who asks receives. Now, key is you receive according to his will. Because we want it doesn't mean it lines up with his purpose. And then he gives us this illustration of a regular individual saying, okay, if I ask for a rose, are you going to give me a rock? That's not what we do. God gives according to what he believes is in his will that you have asked for it and allow it to line up. He also wants you to believe because there's a reward for praying. It says in 1 John 5, 13 through 15, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son and God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, there it is, that will again, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, 
in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. Once again, if you're not sure what to pray, open up your Bible. You can't go wrong with asking according to God's will. But it also happens at God's timing. It doesn't happen at our timing. That we have to be. It happens when God is ready for it to happen. And he will reward you the way that he wants to reward you. And I want everybody to keep in mind, rewards are not always monetary. It's a soul being saved. It's a person being healed. It comes in many different ways. But God does give you according to his will. And I think that's very key that we understand it's about his will, not ours. And then those that pray to God that cannot save. Those that pray to a God, meaning the rose God, the sun God, the moon God, they can't save. You need to be praying to the one true God. Not the moon, not the God of fingers. We're talking about praying to the one true God. Because that is the God that saves. And one safe prayer, if never, ever, ever, you have to think about a prayer. It will be asking for souls to be saved. That always lines up with God's will. Asking God for the ability for you to help someone else. That's according to God's will. He put us on this earth to help others. He put us on this earth to see others saved. But he wants us to pray to the one true God and not gods of idols. How do we know that? We can look at Isaiah 45 and 20. And it says, gather yourself and come. Draw near together. You fugitives of the nation, they have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and pray to a God who cannot save. We need to make it plain. We need to make it clear. The beads, the statutes, the animals, those are not gods, and they can't save. They won't ever save. And remember, the Spirit helps you pray. Like we were talking earlier, we must admit our inabilities and enjoy the creation of living and communion with God and plead the promises of God with boldness. That's the other key, boldness. Believing that you praying God's word is what he will want. How do we do that? We start with confession. We must admit our inability to pray as we ought to. We need to come face to face with our tendency to try to pray on our own and allow God to lead us. We also need to really enjoy that communion with God. You should be aware of communion. It's a sharing, a giving, and a take. So that means you got to listen. You got to let talk a little bit and you got to let him talk. You shouldn't be dragging yourself out of the bed dreading prayer. I, nobody wants to talk to you if you're not really interested in praying. Just don't pray. If, if, it's a, if it's a chore to you, if you don't want the benefits, then don't make it a hassle for yourself. 
wait until you're ready to really sit in the presence of God. It's a blessing to be able to sit in the presence of God and pray. And the Spirit will help you pray. In Romans 8, 26 and 28, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself will intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches the heart, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So God is willing to be there and listen to what you have to say, but you got to be happy and want to pray as well. When you don't know what to pray, the Spirit's going to help you. There are prayers that are an abomination to God. These are things that God don't like. And we know that when we look at Proverbs 28 and 9, when I said things we ought not to pray, it says in Proverbs 28 and 9, he who turns away his ear from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. So you got to be willing to listen to what God is asking of you if you want God to listen to you. It's just like forgiveness. People say forgiveness is more for the person than you. And I see in the word it says forgiveness is so God can't forgive you. And so we have to look at prayer in the same light, according to Proverbs 28 and 9, that if we want God to listen to us, we need to be doing what God is telling us to do as well so that he will hear us. That is very important. And we talked about it earlier. The prayers that are sinful, things that we are asking God that is wrong. Oh, God hurt that person. Oh, God do this. Those are not the prayers God is going to honor. We need to know that God is not asking us to pray hurtful things upon people and expect it to be blessed. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to say, God, please open their eyes and let them see what's going on. No, because some people may not know what's going on and they need God to help them. And those are okay prayers. And then... We say, okay, well, whose prayers do the Lord hears? We can turn into Proverbs 15 and 29, and it says, the Lord is far from the wicked. So we already established that if, if it's wicked, if the person is doing wicked or speaking of wicked, that God's not listening. But he hears the prayers of the righteous. So if what you're praying lines up with God's will, he's going to hear it. We also look in 1 Peter 3 and 12, and it says, For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So if we're not clear what to pray, who to pray, how to pray, we need to understand that open up that Bible, read those scriptures, read them boldly, and believe God is going to hear your prayer. You can't go wrong with a prayer in the word that he is giving you to look at every day. At any time of day. I pray that you all be blessed and that you understand the power of prayer. 
and how it is a weapon and a tool that's absolutely free. And if you would just take a moment and ask God to bless you in how to pray or an opportunity to pray or moments in your life to pray, you would be surprised at how well your prayer life will grow. And to speak on that, the Lord says, pray continually. But we must not measure and say things like, oh, I need you to pray in the morning. I need you to pray in the middle of the day. God says pray continually. And people are going to pray the way that God has allowed them to. And it says what man can pray an hour. Everybody is not built up to do an hour. Nevertheless, that's something we should be striving for. But however God has given it to you, just make sure you're praying continually. Make sure you're praying continually and that you are letting God lead you in prayer. Father, if there are people here today that are struggling with the ability to pray, I ask in the name of Jesus that you give them that opportunity to grow in their prayer life. That you give them a hunger and a thirst to want to spend time with you and that it has not become a struggle and that they begin to understand that it is something great and that it is about your will being fulfilled when they open their mouth and pray. I ask all this, Lord, in your wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's session on InTheBible.com. Until next time, study to show thyself approved to God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For questions or comments, please email us at questions at in-the-bible.com.